In this episode of Locked On Capitals, it's the season review and future for Hunter Shepard. We'll talk about that next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. So head on over to YouTube and check that out. My name is Dan Holman. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So in this episode... This is the offseason, so what we're going to do is kind of go through and do a season review and future for the different uh, players on the Washington Capitals, their AHL affiliate, and their ECHL affiliate. And But what I'm trying to focus on primarily here is goaltending. If you haven't noticed, I've gone over Vanacek, Samsonov, and Fukali. In this episode, we're going down the depth chart a little bit, and we're going to talk about Hunter Shepard and where does he fit into this role with the Washington Capitals. The one thing you can say about the Caps is that they always have great goalie depth. Uh, no matter, you know, if you followed the team for some time, it always seems like they have a real great netminder in the pipeline. If you think back, they've had Neuwirth and Holtby and, and and Grubauer. It just seems like they always seem to make really great goalies and they develop really great goalies um, down in AHL and ECHL. So, but just kind of looking at the score tonight, um, you know, being that this is the off season, we can get a little bit away from the the Washington Capitals talk a bit. Is the how the playoffs are going so far this year? And uh, as I record this, the Avalanche are up one to nothing, and uh, they lead the series three to nothing. And I got to say, I'm I'm a bit surprised at the outcome uh, of that game. Um, you know, like I was talking about with the Caps chirp guys yesterday, that will air later this week on their show is that when you watch a playoff series, it seems inevitable that you kind of subconsciously pick a favorite, you know, even if you, I mean, or if you have a favorite, um, but just, you know, anytime you watch a series, you're like, well, I kind of want this team to win, or I want that one. I think it's just kind of what, what makes it a bit more interesting. And for no apparent reason, I kind of wanted the Oilers uh, to beat the Avalanche in this series. And uh, that is not happening in this series uh, as the Avalanche are up three to nothing. And you got to think to yourself, you know, that, that Edmonton Oilers team, they toil every year. They try to get better. Um, you know, they pick up Evander Kane. They have Dreisaitl, um, Nugent Hopkins. They have uh, Smith and Nett. You know, it just seems like, you know, that's that's another weakness. If I was just going to take a look at that Edmonton Oilers team is their weakness in net. It's it's kind of a, a common issue throughout uh, Smith and Nett there. He's one of the older uh, netminders out there. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't mean to speak, uh, you know, very disparagingly of him, but it just seems like there's so many teams that could do a lot better uh, if they had a better goalie. And uh, the Edmonton Oilers are really, that comes to mind. I remember as they went into this uh, last season, I thought to myself, well, you know, they're going to pick up a, a good netminder and then they'll be in good shape. But they were all in on Mike Smith and you are seeing the outcome of that. I don't mean to to put that squarely on his shoulders. But when you take a look at the Edmonton Oilers and how stacked they are, 
just in the forward position alone, um, it's almost like an all-star team out there. So it's just kind of crazy. It remains to be seen if they're going to be able to turn it around. Um, it seems the biggest problem with the Oilers going on so far is just staying out of the box. They have a hot head in the on the ice in the form of Evander Kane. You know, he has a long history of getting into fights and that kind of thing. But, I mean, I got to say, ultimately, I think that Evander Kane has fit in well um, on that uh, uh, Oilers team. You know, and I, at, at the time when they you know, different teams were kicking the tires on him. Everyone's like, no, Evander Kane is radioactive. Stay away from him. But uh, he he has actually played rather well for the Oilers this year. So it remains uh, to be seen what's going to happen there. And then the other series going on, it's getting down, you know, to the end of the Stanley Cup playoffs. You know, the Stanley Cup final is coming up here soon is the Rangers and the Lightning. And uh, that's another one, you know, for no apparent reason. Like I say, you got to pick a winner. Who do I want to win? Who do I want to lose? And I know it's kind of been an arch nemesis of the Washington Capitals, but let's be honest, the Lightning and the Rangers have kind of both been nemesis of the Washington Capitals. But, you know, my school of thought here, and I know it's a bit uh, interesting being that I'm wearing a Buck shirt here, but I, I do not want the the Tampa Bay Lightning to win another Stanley Cup. Enough is enough. You know, let someone else win it for a while. If that means the New York Rangers win a Stanley Cup, then so be it. I'm just ready for for change. You know, you, you talk about, you see dynasties out there and how great it is. You know, take a look at the Yankees, another one out there doing well this year. So I know that that's really good for the fan base. I, I imagine if you're a Yankees fan from from New York or if you're a Lightning fan from Tampa, you think that's the, it's the greatest thing in the world. But as an outsider, it's, you know, it, it gets a little old. You know, for some time in the future here, let's see if an underdog uh, can actually make good on it. But then, you know, generally speaking, underdogs don't make it to the final round. I ultimately think that in the final round, it will be the Colorado Avalanche um, versus, you know, it's going to either be the, the Rangers or the Lightning. Um, I'm, I, it's too early to tell on that one. I mean, it's, it's easy to pick this other series here just because it's so lopsided. Uh, as I refresh my screen here on my phone, it is still one to nothing uh, avalanche. So it, it does appear, you know, I know that we got some time in that, but it does appear that uh, that the avalanche will probably move on to the, to the Stanley Cup final on that one. But uh, you just got to think to yourself, you know, that that... You know, the Avalanche, I guess, hasn't been, they haven't made it to the Stanley Cup final in some time. So I guess good for them. Um, if I'm going to take a look at it from that perspective, I could say, you know, good on Burakovsky, you know, a former cap that's getting his opportunity. Burakovsky was one of those guys that uh, was kind of an interesting player, kind of hot and cold and with the Washington Capitals. But uh, he seemed to have really found a home uh, with Colorado. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him. I think that that's okay to be happy for a player. Uh, you don't always have to be so polarizing, like, you know, they're dead to me. They're not playing on the Washington Capitals anymore. Um, so, you know, good on him and uh, good on the Colorado Avalanche. You know, if they go on and win a uh, Stanley Cup and Burakovsky gets a cup with uh, with uh, the Avalanche, good for him on that, I say, um, just because it he didn't fit. You know, you take a look at uh, Jacob Verona or Jakob Verona. He didn't fit in with the Washington Capitals either, but he's doing really well on the Red Wings. You take a look at Stevenson, didn't fit well in on the Capitals, is flourishing. Siegenthaler, the list goes on. Sometimes just a change of scenery uh, is what the doctor ordered, and that's okay, you know, because inevitably we'll get some other players' uh, team or some other uh, player from another team that it didn't work out in their environment, and it'll work out uh, in D.C., so... That's the way you got to look at it. It's not always just, you know, voting for this is this is our guy, you know, you know, and if he's gone, screw him. 
you know, I'm ultimately going to be happy uh, for Burakovsky if he ends up getting uh, a Stanley Cup there. All right, so after the break here, like I talked about, we are going to break down um, and talk about Hunter Shepard and where does he fit in with a depth chart with the Washington Capitals. We'll talk about that, but first, Built Bar. Don't you love a chewy chocolate brownie? What about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? So good. What if I told you that you can have all that with a chewy chocolatey deliciousness plus 17 grams of protein? You're in luck because caramel brownie bars are available at Built.com right now. And you got to act fast because they're a fan favorite. Forget about your dessert. These are better than dessert. Plus, the macros are unreal. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar. I would replace a regular brownie with Bill's Caramel Brownie in a heartbeat. The best part, Caramel Brownie bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, like for real. With Bilt, you don't have to sacrifice tasty for healthy. You can have both. And all built bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of healthy benefits. There are a million reasons that you should try built bars, but for now, let's just say that caramel brownie will rock your world. That's not an understatement. With built, a tasty is new, healthy, and go to built.com to get your box of caramel brownies now. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at built.com. All right, welcome back to the show here. So in this episode, we are going to break down Hunter Shepard and where uh, does he fit in with the Washington Capitals. Hunter Shepard uh, is a player. He was born in 95 in Colerain, Minnesota. Uh, He went to the University of Minnesota Duluth. um, And uh, he has some experience in the NAHL. And oftentimes what happens in those cases is there's a transition between high school and college. And if you don't get picked up by a college or drafted by a college, uh, then you can move on to the NAHL, uh, but th- that's a great league to watch. Uh, if you have an NAHL affiliate in your hometown, which I have in mind, uh, go out because those are some young, hungry hockey players, and it's always very entertaining. So in this case, Hunter Shepard got his start with Bismarck Bobcats, um, and then he went on to play for the University of Minnesota Duluth, and then, of course, the Carolina Stingrays, Hershey Bears, Uh, is where he has played. But ultimately, I think that, uh, you know, he could find a home uh, on this Washington Capitals team at some point. You know, just kind of what I've talked about is that this this team is in a bit of transition as we look forward here. Uh, You know, the the talk is that this team wants to get younger and faster. And, uh, you know, I don't think that maybe Hunter Shepard is going to be ready to get his big break next year. But, you know, in the next year or two, I definitely think it's possible that, uh, you know, depending on what the Capitals do in this offseason, that he could find a future uh, with the Washington Capitals. But uh, as of right now, it seems that he has sort of vacillated between the Stingrays and the Bears. Uh, So I guess a good promotion for him would be um, a full-time role uh, with the Bears. Uh, Because, you know, if you talk to anyone that plays in the AHL or that, you know, that's moved up to the NHL, is they'll say that the, the line between the AHL and the NHL is razor fine. And, uh, you know, I, I think that a lot of times people like to say, say disparaging things about the AHL, like it's some, you know, single A baseball team out there. No, the, the AHL is a legitimate league. It's still considered professional hockey. Um, and if you haven't gone out to 
watch the Bears play sometime go. It's a top-rated facility uh, down in Hershey there. I'm saying down based on geography where I live, but um, just in, you know, they, they go all out. And uh, so that's what I'm saying is that would be a good promotion for Hunter Shepard uh, going forward is just to even kind of solidify a role uh, with the Hershey Bears. So just kind of taking a look at at uh, Hunter Shepard and they were kind of just, I'm going to talk about the origin story and where he is and where he's going. So in this story here, they're saying that 2020 has been an unusual year to say the least. And so much is up in the air of this post. The traditional free agency period doesn't hit until October 19th, leaving the usual big stories of the off season on hold for the time being. However, that ha- hasn't stopped the Hershey bears from being active in their own means this summer in one of the biggest names the team inked is Hunter Shepard. Shepard signs in Hershey for the 2020-2021 season to take his game to the professional level and joins the Chocolate and White after a highly successful NCAA career with the UMD Bulldogs. And uh, and I'm going to be honest with you, the Bulldogs are my hometown team. I am from Minnesota. And uh, I, I live, uh, you know, about 20 miles outside of Duluth. And uh, Hunter Shepard is was a great goalie for the UMD Bulldogs. And uh, so, I mean, there's a little bit of vested interest, I guess, in me, uh, just because I'm a fan of Hunter Shepard, uh, being that he is the hometown kid or he playing for UMD, that is. Calling Shepard's career in the NCAA highly successful could be considered underselling it quite a bit. Uh, Shepard began his NCAA career as a backup to current Colorado Eagles netminer Hunter Miska and successfully won the crease during the 17-18 season and was credited by head coach Scott Sandlin as the reason the club ascended to the standings after winning the battle. The Bulldogs battled their way to the NCAA championship over Notre Dame and Shepard set a single season record for the program at 1.91 goals against average and a 25-14-1 record during that span. Shepard was a semi-finalist for the Mike Richter Award for Most Outstanding Goaltender and snagged the Keith Christensen Award as UMD's Most Valuable Player. And, uh, you know, that's quite quite the accolades. Um, you know, obviously, I guess if you're getting signed by um, a professional hockey team like the Washington Capitals, you are going to have uh, some great accolades and some great accomplishments. And people have said great things about you. So, uh, in his junior season, Shepard improved to a 29-11-2 record, ranking first in wins and second in shutouts with seven. He earned the NCHC Goaltender of the Year Award for the first of two straight seasons, led the Bulldogs to their second straight championship over UMass. Unfortunately, his senior season in the 2019-2020 t- uh, season was cut short, and it was for the Bears, but posted a 22 22- 10 and 2 record with a 2.18 goals against average and a 0.918 save percentage during that span. Shepard inked to deal with the Bears after earning his second goaltender of the year award and was named UMD's outstanding male senior athlete. He was named an All-American goaltender twice in his final two seasons and uh, I mean that that's what the Washington Capitals are getting. That is what's in the pop pipeline. That is encouraging. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just saying, I think that, uh, you know, a player of that caliber, I think definitely has a bright future, um, on this team. And, uh, like, like I've talked about, I think that the Washington Capitals always do an excellent, uh, job 
uh, when selecting a, a netminder. They always do. Uh, rarely do you say, you know, they pick up someone and, you know, they sign Clay Stevenson, another one that's going to be in the pipeline there. Rarely do they sign someone and you think to yourself, well, why did they sign him for? So this is just kind of exemplified is the Washington Capitals, their drafts, their scouts, all the people that are involved in the scouting department for the Washington Capitals, top, top notch, because, you know, rarely do you take a look at a team's net minding depth and you take a look at the Washington Capitals. It is stacked so deep. And I got to say that that is a bit of a rare thing and uh, good on the Washington Capitals for having those scouts and uh, the guys that are out on the on the road and just kind of and watching all these games and, you know, picking out these great players because it's got to be a bit of a daunting task when you look at it. I mean, there's 101 goalies out there. And uh, to, to find the ones that are really worth their salt has got to be a bit difficult. Uh, and Hunter Shepard is no different. It goes without saying that picking up a goaltender of Shepard's caliber is extremely rare. Although Shepard went undrafted, he was invited to participate in training camp for both the Minnesota Wild and Buffalo Sabres. And it's surprising that an NHL team didn't take a chance on adding him to their own although eyes will certainly be on him on Hershey this season. Uh, curiously, Shepard seems set to enter a similar goaltending battle in Hershey as he did at UMD in that he may have to win a battle between two other goaltenders for time at the AHL level. Uh, again, this this is kind of just his history story. So this is from a couple of years ago. Plenty could change prior to the start of the 20 season and 21 season uh, as free agency and the draft are set to take place in early October. But as it stands, Shepard would be competing with veteran Phoenix Copley and a newcomer to the organization, Zach Fukali, uh, who we have talked about both Copley and Fukali uh, are on NHL contracts, making Shepard the easiest to send to the ECHL um, and, you know, he's done his time. And I think that, you know, he's a young man and I don't think that he's against putting his time in. Um, and I think that, you know, ultimately uh, that's what you have to do. You have to take it step by step. You're not always going to, you know, to get your big shot um, uh, right away. So when it comes to when it comes to Hunter Shepard, like I say, I think that he has uh, a promising future with the Capitals. It's just something where he's going to take some time. Uh, in ECHL, but I think that that should be his goal. Um, and I think it's a bit of a no brainer is to solidify his role uh, on the, you know, as maybe the starter, I mean, make it your goal. I mean, ultimately they have, you know, several options going down in Hershey right now, but who's to say what's going to happen between now and the beginning of the season. As I've said before, this Washington Capitals team is in a bit of transition. You have two RFAs in the form of Vanacek and Sam Sonoff and who knows what the future lies for those two. Um, ultimately, we don't know. I think that ultimately the Capitals will move on. So that's going to adjust what is going on in Hershey. That's going to adjust what's going on in uh, the ECHL Stingrays. So there are a lot of options. All right. So after the break, we are going to continue to talk about Hunter Shepard and what kind of goalie he is. But first, we have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and what you don't like about Locked On podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash um, a survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of the 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards to take advantage of our audience survey. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you for your help. 
All right, welcome back to the show. So like I say, in this episode, um, in this off-season, that's what it's all about. There's not a lot, a lot of activity going on, um, but as we uh, head towards July, there is the free agency deadline, so there is no doubt going to be a flurry of activity around that, and Locked On Capitals will have you covered. Uh, there's also, as we move on towards the summer and the fall, uh, there's going to be uh, most likely the rookie camp, and then there's going to be training camp in the fall. So this is just kind of a time to kind of just assess talent, uh, take a look at what the Washington Capitals have in the tank, so to speak. Uh, and in this episode, that's like I say, that is what we're talking about. We are talking about Hunter Shepard and what kind of a netminder he is. Uh, the Washington Capitals have signed goaltender Hunter Shepard, who is one of the top remaining undrafted free agents on the market. His now former team, the University of Minnesota Duluth, announced that the Capitals have inked the netminder. Hunter Shepard, at the time 24, is a two-time All-American and a second um, team in the 1920 two-time NCAC uh, Goaltender of the Year, three-time Mike Richter Award finalist. And uh, that's what they were talking about in this one. He is also UMD's all-time leader in wins. He was 76-37-5 goals. So, excuse me, he was 76-37-5 overall. His goals against average was 1.94. He had 17 shutouts. He also holds the distinction of being the only UMD goalie to ever secure all-conference first-team status on more than one occasion in eight lifetime NCAA tournament appearances, he posted an eight and zero record, eight wins, zero losses, and a 0.97 goals against average and a 0.953 save percentage with one shutout. He was also the first goaltender to backstop his team to back to back NCAA national titles in a half century. He served as the team captain in the 1920 Bulldogs and the first goaltender to do so in 43 years. And uh, that is that is a bit of a head-scratcher, as they, they were talking about earlier there, that, um, you know, he, there was interest in him from the Wild and the Buffalo Sabres. And, you know, I guess just the luck of the Washington Capitals to, like I say, I'm kind of going back to what I was talking about, having these great scouts out there, they, they, they had the common sense to go, no, look at this guy. I mean, just what I I read in that last paragraph there should speak volumes. Um, That was from Elite Prospects, by the way, uh, as they kind of broke down what kind of a player he is. Um, But just an an all-star in the making, I think, that I think that if the Washington Capitals can find a way to hold on to him um, and just develop him, I think that he definitely has a promising future uh, with the Washington Capitals. I mean, just like I say, the accolades kind of kept rolling there uh, for a while for Hunter Shepard. Um, and just taking a look at him. So let's kind of fast forward a little bit. Uh, we That was talking about, you know, his season that was between 2016 and 2020 uh, when he played for the University of Minnesota Duluth. Uh, stellar numbers, stellar numbers. Okay, so now let's concentrate on where the rubber meets the road, the professional hockey. So in that case, we we're talking about the South Carolina Stingrays and the Hershey Bears. So in his, his first year with the Stingrays, uh, he had a record of 12 and six, um, which isn't too bad. I mean, if you take a look at it into a 0.922 percentage um, in the 2021 season for the Hershey Bears, uh, he had a record of three and O in the 21-22 season. He had a record of five and three. Um, and then last year, the 21-22 season where he pre- uh, played primarily with the South Carolina Stingrays, he had a record of 12 and nine. Um 
in this season. Last this last season, he had a goals against average of two point eight eight. So, I mean, I don't think you can ask anything more from Hunter Shepard. I think that you know he is a name that is not a household name with the Washington Capitals. But hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast. I've tried to do a good job to try to spotlight what kind of a great netminder he is. And uh, kind of what I've talked about is that the Washington Capitals have some really great depth uh, in Hershey. They also have some great depth in South Carolina. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, everyone's mind is like, well, what does that mean? He still seems like he's young. He's only playing for the Stingrays. Yes, but that is what I'm talking about. You have to give these players some time to develop. Uh, they're not, it's not going to always necessarily happen overnight. But just take a look at that breaking. I mean, if just what I went over there, his record with UMD alone was amazing. It was it was nothing short of amazing. Um, he broke all kinds of college records, and you know, I people are going to say, "Well, that's his college records." Yeah, but I mean, there are a lot of NHL goalies in the system right now playing that don't ha- didn't have that in their resume. So, I mean, I don't know if that is going to materialize in the NHL. Who? No one knows. But that is a one hell of a resume. So that's what I'm talking about. In this episode, Hunter Shepard. And uh, wow, what an amazing goalie. And I think that he definitely has a really bright future in the National Hockey League. I'm not saying it's going to be next year. But I definitely see as long as he continues on the trajectory that he's on, that he will be a starter in the NHL at some point. Um, like I say, and rarely do you take a look um, at a netminder like that and see such high praise and such great um, stats. Rarely do you ever see that. So I think that the future is bright for Mr. Hunter Shepard. And I think that if the Capitals play their cards right, I think that the future is bright for the Capitals with Hunter Shepard. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from our local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm still kind of continuing to get over from COVID. As you can tell, I still got a little bit of that um, plug nose, so that's why I'm a bit more nasally than usual. But thank you for joining me through these summer months. These are the dog days of hockey summer. There's not a lot going on, but this is an excellent opportunity to highlight different individuals within the Washington Capitals organization. Tonight's episode was about Hunter Shepard, and I hope you learned something. What an amazing netminder that the Washington Capitals have in-house. This is in-house talent. You know, I think there's a lot of different teams that would trade to get someone like that, but the Washington Capitals have excellent scouts and uh, they did an excellent job by picking up Mr. Hunter Shepard. All right. Thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. We'll talk to you next time.